0: Welcome to the Dear Valadir podcast, the pod where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I'm your host, Sadie Gustafson-Zook. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the final episode of our first season, which means that this podcast is nearing its first birthday. A huge and heartfelt thank you to everyone who has listened to the Dear Balladeer podcast so far, rated it, subscribed, shared with friends, sent in a question, and submitted songs. This podcast is about connecting existing songs with the people who need to hear them, and your presence here has been making that possible. So thank you so much. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Brooklyn-based musician Hallie Spore, coined the Adele of Americana. Okay. We speak about wanting to be heard, and we take some detours along the way, including chats about being a cat parent, making lip sync music videos with friends, and the difficulties of being a musician and having balance. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Hallie Spore. I ate like a ton of cheese right before this. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get hungry in the middle of the thing.
1: Yep, totally. And totally. I'm
0: like, actually, that might have been a bad... I hear that. I have my <laughs> water bottle right here. Um, well, Hallie, welcome to the Dear Balladier Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Sadie. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Um, how are you doing today? What's what's going on? Um, today
1: was a lot of day job. Um, so this moment of arriving back into music stuff and fun stuff is very exciting. I've been staring at a screen doing boring um techie things that I would rather not be doing you're
0: staring at a screen having a fun conversation (laughs) exactly exactly cool um can you remind everyone where you are living these days yes so
1: I am in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn New York um i've been in new york for about five years five and a half years originally from uh denver colorado
0: my dad and you're in indiana denver. right yeah i'm in indiana cool uh but a lot of my family was in is in denver oh nice good yeah. to
1: know so, didn't know we had that connection
0: yeah that's fun um Cool. So let's just jump in, I guess. So can you tell me what identities are important to you?
1: Yes. Um the identities that are important to me, probably the first one is an artist and songwriter that's important to me. Um being a woman is important to me i this might sound weird but you know in terms of the political landscape and feminist landscape um that's an identity that means a lot to me um that i advocate for and in my daily life and um in the communities that i'm a part of um especially trying to you know support other women in music as well as um you know trans queer folk um and another identity is I'm a soccer player. Nice. Um, <laughs> I love playing soccer. I'm on um, the uh, a team that is part of the oldest um, running uh, league of soccer female soccer players in New York City. It's called the Manhattan Kickers. This team and it started in the 70s. And
0: whoa, yeah, is I this love inter mural or is this club or Something um, else. it's a
1: it's a club team, I guess <laughs> it's a it's prof- yeah, It's professional. so I'm also a professional soccer player like, be...
0: How did I not know?
1: <laughs> that would be so cool. Can you imagine how difficult in addition to how difficult it is to have music <laughs> be like basically a second career to have if I was also a professional also, soccer yeah. player? That would be really badass. Yeah. But no, I am not a professional <laughs> soccer player. Um, I played a little bit in college, not not D1, but um, I played with a club team in college. And then, um, yeah, just kept playing for fun after. But yeah, it's a it's a club team that's near and dear to my heart. Um,
0: How long I guess the other them? identity oh, would be
1: uh, a cat mom. I'm a cat mm-hmm. mom. I love being a cat mom. I have an orange kitty who's sleeping over there.
0: I got a cat last two weeks ago. I saw that on the gram. I'm a cat mom now as well. How's it going? I consider myself more a cat roommate. Like (laughs) I wanted to make sure I got a very independent cat so that Mm. if I'm not here and like other people are coming in, like, you know, that the cat would not be just like extremely traumatized. And yeah, this one's pretty good. Her name's Margo. Margot is like she named it, after Margot price no her name is Margot with a x like the french oh spelling. because nice. i like in high school i went on a trip to france and my host sister's name was Margot, and i did not like for the longest time i thought before like we there was a lot of email exchanges before we met and i was like reading her name like margox and, and I like thought her name was Margox until we met. And she's like, Margo. It's actually <laughs> like, Margo.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you call but, the cat Margox though, just for fun? Margox?
0: Not yet, but it's, we're only a couple weeks in. It could happen. It could happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You'll see as you uh, continue in your cat parenthood journey, Uh, that Uh, thousands of nicknames appear
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I've been I've been told that that will happen yeah looking yeah certainly
1: yeah Mackie (laughs) is kind of the opposite of an independent cat he's he's giving me like this death stare right now because I'm not paying attention to him after I finished off my day job stuff he's very needy and very pampered he wears a bow tie (laughs) collar Um, And every time I'm, you know, touring, even for one night, I have to bring someone in to sleep in the apartment with him because (gasps) he's just, he just needs cuddles. He's a total lap cat. He's, he's kind of like a dog. He's He's like a cat dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like kind of your dog mom. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Although he has some, he's, it's a long story about Mackie. (laughs) That might be another podcast. (laughs)
0: okay well we'll we'll chat later (laughs) yeah um cool and it's but can you say more about your identity as a cat parent
1: sure yeah I mean (laughs) I I rescued Mac um uh during the pandemic and he was a street cat wandering around Gowanus and I just feel like that activated this really like nurturing part of my brain that is it's really important in my life and I look at all the animals differently now after having him um I I feel cared for in a different kind of way coming home you know it's just it's changed my life in such a good way like having having a pet um so I think that's why it's become such an integral part of who I am because I love this little creature so much. He like, he makes me better. He makes my heart bigger. <laughs> um, He increases my capacity for like compassion and, and empathy. And so,
0: yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful.
1: <laughs> Thanks Sadie. Appreciate you.
0: I feel like it's been interesting. Like, Margo is a really sweet cat and like we get along well. She's what she has a good temperament. Um, But I I keep thinking like, well, no, especially at the beginning, I was like, it's weird to have an animal in my house. And mm. also, I think I had some like mentality that like she needed me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like starting to feel like not, not resentful, but just like, oh, she needs me to pet her. And then one time I was petting her and her like tail, like pet me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what if she also wants me in her life? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, totally. It's, 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 I. well, it also connects me to, I think the world in a different way, because it reminds me that I am also an animal yeah so then and it's easy to forget i i i feel very connected to my nature when i'm in colorado but when i'm here it's really easy to get lost in the hustle grind culture and to just go through the motions of like every single hour scheduled of every day like trying to get there's like this joke you know trying to get a group of friends together for dinner in new york city will take like approximately two months um to schedule (laughs) And it's just true. And so I need more reminders to like connect to the wilder side of my nature and like having an animal in your house, I think kind of reminds you that you're also an animal and cats are also so weird. They like (laughs) run around, they're unpredictable They're just, they're just these, I just think it's funny. I feel like I have like almost like a squirrel, like living in my apartment. Like he's just (laughs) this like random, yeah, he's a roommate too. And we like take care of each other. He reminds me that I am, I am like a cuddly little creature that, you know, needs love. And I remind him that he's a cuddly little creature that needs love. I don't know if I just said that right. I'm sorry. I think my brain just crossed wires, but.
0: No, I mean that the relationship is the same. You remind each other that you're cuddly creatures that need love.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. So that's what you said.
1: (laughs) Great. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, I had something else to say, but I feel like that's probably enough on cats.
1: Um... (laughs) (laughs) I could go on for hours.
0: Well, this the podcast kittens. is usually only an hour, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So let's keep it moving. Yeah, keep okay. it moving. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you have like an adult? How, what, how, the question that I usually ask is like, what did you want to be when you grew up? But I don't want it to be like labor specific. Just like how did yeah. you envision yourself as an adult when you were a kid?
1: Hmm. Oh, that's such a good question. I love that question. Um, I envisioned that I would be rich and famous <laughs> and that I would be probably either living in LA or New York or Paris or London. I see you, you in know. Paris. <laughs> totally. Just just being uh an adventurous, cool cat back to cats just kidding (laughs) um exactly no I just I yeah I I wanted and it's funny I actually found um a journal entry from when I was I think I I know it was after the first time that I watched a league of their own (laughs) and I think I was god i don't know it was when i was young but not so young that it's not embarrassing it is embarrassing still i think i was like 10 9 or 10 or something and i have this journal journal entry and it's like i want to be great and it doesn't matter what form of greatness but i just want to be great and i know that i'm destined for something big in this world and uh Yeah. So that's what I I envisioned
0: as a 10 year old. That doesn't seem embarrassing. That just seems like confidence.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. That's a nice way to frame it. (laughs) It's, it's a nice way to frame it. I do. I wish that it was less about like glory and pride and more about, um, i want to make the world a better place i want to (laughs) be a good friend like those things i think would be slightly more admirable but i'm just being (laughs) honest here also that's the podcast
0: the like that you're uh what did you say like i want to be what was the first sentence of that i want
1: to be great
0: yeah, I don't care what for. That I feels do- oh, like yeah. you could like have like a villain trajectory. Like, totally. like you're just like I Slytherin. need people to know who I am. <laughs> Maybe I'll be a war criminal. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad oh, that you're God. not like on that trajectory, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did not choose the war criminal path. Um, yeah, I think at that point because it was a league of their own. It was probably related to soccer too. It was like I don't I care if it's music, I don't care if it's soccer. Another thing I used to do is I used to practice presidential acceptance speeches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I literally used to do that. Yeah, as a child, That's I would fine. I would stand in front of the mirror and like practice these monologues, um,
0: specifically president. Yeah, I like, wanted to be president like of Oscar, the United States. Or Grammy like.
1: Nope. It was, it was president. It was very presidential. Yeah. Yeah. No Grammys. Grammys were not in my sight line until probably, you know, my twenties, even I wasn't even like interested. Yeah. Did
0: you ever write like when I was in, I think seventh grade, there was a, I guess mayor is a big step down from president, but there, <laughs> <laughs> there was like a paper we all had to write and it was actually a contest. And it was like the, if I were mayor contest and So then you like write about like what we, what you would do. And I wrote about led stoplights and I won. dude,
1: I bet you did. See, this is why you would be a better president than me.
0: (laughs) I, um, I have some bonds that I won from that contest that have been accruing value. Not very much, but that's so wild. I know that was from seventh grade. I was like, wow, good thing. I, my parents were like, yeah, we were looking through some like pa- important papers, like birth certificates, and we found these bonds <laughs> that are yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my God,
1: God, that's so cool. No, I was really it was all. Um, uh, politics and not policies
0: <laughs> for me. I see. I see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you Glory. became a
0: performer. So that makes and sense. I did Checks out.
1: I totally did. Yeah, it does check out. And there and I was, you know, in college I was a poli sci and music double major.
0: Okay, so it continued. And
1: it continued, yeah, and it 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 kind of then I was always pretty politically active up until 20 or, you know, up until Trump really. And then my heart kind of broke and um just had to remove myself a bit. Honestly, I had to like grow a little bit of apathy, which I know is not not the um
0: the normal trajectory of not the the heart
1: (laughs) yeah it's not the greatest thing to say but it really was just to preserve my sanity in this world we're living in today
0: yeah it's a delicate mix balance for sure
1: it is yeah
0: okay can i ask you another question (laughs) okay Um, do you have, and maybe you kind of already answered this with your journal question or answer, but do you have a example of creative expression from your youth that you still think about today? I can't
1: say I think about it that much, but when you asked me the question, the first things that are popping into my mind are, um, singing and dancing to the sound of music, Julie Andrews just like running around the room just literally the hills were alive in that room (laughs) you know I was alive in the room and um and then the other thing I used to do when I was a kid was I used to create these dances with my friend Stella and they were to like Pink and Britney Spears and we would dance and sing to them and I would do most of the singing and Stella was a better dancer so we put on quite a few living room shows that were sold out
0: Are those um, to friends and family. Yeah. I feel like I've seen a lot of those on like TikTok.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If that's what you- if you don't care what you're great for, that could be a good avenue. Yeah.
1: Totes. <laughs> yeah. I should do that.
0: Oh, that's fun, though. I yeah, I also did. I did less choreography and more like music videos with my friends nice or we like we're just like really emoting the lyrics and like I remember this one gosh what was the song um it was something really wacky I hope I still have it and I had like a real emo out I was like not not yeah it was a very like not emo kid but I was in like middle school when we made this and I like put on black eyeliner and there was like a shot of me like crying in the corner. Wow.
1: Oh, I, I love those. Sorry, I
0: just had a flash of like what the song might be or like how it starts. I don't remember. It's hard when the sun goes
1: down
0: in Bloomington. I'm around. Unfortunately, not really. That wasn't the one. Not for me, but yeah,
1: I'm just (laughs) riffing.
0: I do think that it would be fun to just like continue like, you know, when you get together with your friends and you're like, what do you want to do? Be like, honestly, I just want to make a music video today.
1: (laughs) That's a great idea, actually. And like all we do now is
0: like, no, like not work.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not work. Like, let's make a music video to Good as Hell by Lizzo. Yeah, At not post it anywhere. No posting allowed. Just
0: send it to friends,
1: just for posterity. And uh, yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. All we do now is get coffee and dinner,
0: <laughs> and that's so boring.
1: Money, so yeah, and um, ain't nobody got that. I don't have any money, so <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I have some bonds, but <laughs> yeah, you have
1: bonds. I have no bonds. Uh, no bonds I, for it's me. It's like
0: four hundred. Like it's just so everyone out there though honestly like no i know it was i think it was like i think the interest is really good yeah i think it was seven percent or something and i got it god damn that's like like a freaking investment portfolio right there i know i was asking my dad i don't need to get into the bonds actually (laughs) (laughs) um okay let me ask you some more questions (laughs) um do you remember the first song that you wrote and the context for that song?
1: I do. Yes, I remember share? the first song I wrote. <laughs> it was um just a piano song, just instrumental. And I I remember this really clearly actually and and I have it. It is so cute. It's a there's going to be a better word for this, but it's a drawing of the keyboard and where the keys where the hands oh, are supposed yeah. to go on the piano kind of like and, youtube tab style yes exactly yeah like like the musicians <laughs> um the uh the app that now does that but yeah it was like that and it was just i remember i think that my whole family was like already winding down for bed cuz i remember i was kind of like sneaking out like i wasn't supposed to be out mm-hmm. playing the piano at that time <laughs> And um, it was just major triads, like going all the way up. So it was just like da 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 da, da, da. like just going up diatonically, like all the way up da da da, da, da. <laughs> and that's it. And then it would just descend, and it was like a beautiful little song. That was okay. the first song I wrote. Yeah, lovely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you remember the first song you wrote? I do. It's actually. A quite involved story but I was Ooh. in fifth grade and um <laughs> I was at well the short and condensed the, su- the sweet and condensed version of the story is that I had a crush on a guy in fifth grade and as we do recess he had like an accident and like smashed up his face so then <gasps> ambulances came and I was like feeling so bad for myself. Like I was like sitting on I remember people like patting me on the back and I felt like a widow. <laughs> I was like
1: like a widow.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, I went home and I was like so traumatized. I like wrote a song about the experience. It's called My Tears Are Melting Away.
1: <laughs> My tears are melting away. Can you send it to me after this podcast, yeah, please? Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, aside from like all of the the cuter songs you write as a kid, then there's the more embarrassing songs you start writing about your angst.
0: When as Honestly, a teenager, I think that I had like more childhood songs. Yeah. that I didn't like notate or didn't record in any way. And this was the beginning of the angst because there's yeah. like this song is it's a lot but it's a
1: lot yeah yeah <laughs> i got i got those too. there's this one when i first learned how to play guitar and it's just i think it's just e minor and a minor just going back and forth yeah and it's just like about the sun and the stars and loneliness and you know lack of light love all the things yeah. Those yeah. songs us through, through a yeah. middle
0: school and high school without dating or whatever yeah. the situation was. For exactly. You. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, that's fun. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, shall we listen to heart like thunder? Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. Dear Balladeer, I want to be heard. There are many situations in my life, social, family, work, etc. When I speak up or make a suggestion, but no one seems to hear what I've said. Sometimes it feels like I'm shouting into the great void or a black hole. So in a nutshell, how can I make myself be heard? Okay, Hallie. <laughs> so um, that was your song, Heart Like Thunder, that we just listened to. Yep. And can you talk a little bit about the ways that that song kind of addresses this question in your mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Heart Like Thunder is... I would say about two things that relates to this question. The first is being honest with yourself. And the second is about being honest with everybody else, um, and being vulnerable. And of course there's so many different ways I could interpret this question. Um, it's, there's a lot of different, uh, avenues to explore there and like follow-up questions I would have if, if this wonderful person was with us today that I would ask them. Um, but you know, I I wrote Heart Like Thunder actually. I had literally lost my voice the night before a big show. Um, and I, it was the time where I was out of control in the most in my life and I am not very witchy, but I had a very witchy moment where I was like, I need to be in the water. I just knew I needed to be in the water. So I got in the bathtub and I closed my eyes and I was hearing my uh, heartbeat because my ears were submerged, but my face was above the water. I was hearing my heartbeat and hearing the sounds of the room and just kind of went through and thanked my body for the different things it did in the world. And I let go of control and just kind of surrendered. And so that's kind of the backstory of heart, like thunder, but more related to your question. Um, I, I would say that I would like to ask you, you know, in what context you're speaking up, trying to be heard, because my piece of advice, since this is a Dear Balladeer advice podcast, um, would be to find a smaller circle and enlist the help of your, dare I say, allies. Um, Because I think when we are trying to be heard especially in like business settings big group settings family dinners at least from your question it kind of seemed like it was group settings it can be really challenging that's like that's a really scary thing to do and a vulnerable thing to do to speak up over a group um and try to really convey your message i know at least you know there was a family dinner that i had a few years ago at christmas where um the topic of um, trans youth came up and my heart was pounding so loud and I just could not convey what I wanted to convey at the dinner table in front of my grandparents and my brother and and my family. That was really hard. And I had to leave the dinner table. I didn't feel heard. And, but then when I go, and I talk to my brother on a one-on-one basis, rather than in these kind of public settings, I'm able to connect and break through more easily than in group settings so that was kind of my the first thing that came to me when i read this
0: yeah what do you think think, A good i think that that's a great point that like yeah is this person also feeling unheard one-on-one or are they only kind of in group situations and if so why is that and like where where are those one-on-one friends or allies or people that like can hear them and then also maybe amplify their voice. Cause I feel like if this person is just like an introvert that like people aren't used to hearing or noticing or listening to like, uh, I've seen examples where (laughs) it can be really great for that person to have a very loud friend.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And And I'm your loud friend. (laughs) So yeah. yeah,
0: letter writer, you just got to go find Hallie, and she will <laughs> amplify it. the shit out of your voice.
1: <laughs> I totally will, and you know that's it's funny. I um I really love, as you might guess, I really love Abby Wambach. Um, who you know is, uh if if you don't know who Abby Wambach is, um, she is the leading goal scorer for the U.S. Women's National Team, um, for soccer. Um, and Abby wrote a book called Wolfpack that I suggest you might read. Um, and it's about amplifying people's voices and what Abby does in business settings, because she's often in rooms with, you know, the 10 most prominent male sports figures, you know, in the world, right. She's in these business settings where she's having to speak up for, Marginalized groups, especially women in sports and queer women in sports and queer people in sports. And she, what she does actually is she pulls her allies, her friends aside before that meeting and says, here's what I need to say in this meeting. I need your help in letting this message be heard so you know abby will say something then someone will cut her off and then her friend will say actually i want to hear what abby has to say abby would you mind saying that again you know she really enlists the help of of loved ones um and not just loved ones but like business settings trusted people so i think it's really a, a lot to do with trust
0: yeah well that yeah i think that that's a great example and like really tangible too to be like if this is a business setting specifically or even like in a family setting if you yeah, have family. Some family members that are like uh understanding what you're trying to say um and not to like have alliances but just to be like hey I just need somebody uh here with have me my back. that is like acknowledging that I have something worthwhile to say <laughs> or that yeah, like, and that's right, really important presence here is worth like the same amount as anyone else's opinion
1: exactly yeah i mean another example of this this is a really funny example so i'm sorry if i'm um uh, i'm not trying to make light of of this question because being heard is really important but here's a smaller example um i have a group of um friends in new york and All of us, except for this one person, are all musicians. And so when we get together, a lot of the conversation is like music, 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 music. And this one person always feels kind of left out. And she pulled me aside and she was like, Hallie, like, I am so over (laughs) hanging out with you guys. I can't do it anymore. Like, and And so the next time that came up in a group setting, I was like, hey, let's stop talking about music. That's it. And then and then, let's you know include this person. And then she was able to like enjoy hanging out with us again. It was <laughs> like a very simple. Leave
0: the whole friend group.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was just like, I can't do it anymore. Like, and that's understandable. Um, so anyway, I hope that this um question writer, because not really letter, but this the person I mean, that we wrote into think- in you.
0: Call him the letter writer. It's okay. I like a
1: letter writer. Um to this person you know to the letter writer um i hope that you can lean on the people that that really love you for this particular and and just tell them exactly that like i'm having trouble being heard can you help me you know can you help me in these in these group settings and then if it's one-on-one then then that's another thing where you know I can relate. I mean, there's a lot of relationships in my life that have had to end because I'm never heard, you know, um, and
0: even one-on-one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Even one-on-one and those relationships have to change or they have to, they have to be gonzo. It sucks, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of friendships that have either changed or that have dissolved in my life over the last 10 years because I didn't feel heard about something that was really important to me or, or because I, we weren't able to connect in that way.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I feel like how you were saying before that it really has to do with trust. I feel like it also really has to do with respect and like your ability to like, set aside your own uh opinions in order to hear the other person like to not be listening for something that you want to rebuttal or listening for something that you want to talk about uh, but to listen for actually what they're saying which like is very in a podcast setting is very hard (laughs) to listen just for what the person's saying because I'm always trying to think like okay well what am I going to say next
1: right Um, so yeah that's so true this is
0: a bad example but in normal situations where you're not, where other people aren't listening in on your conversation. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's really advice because what would the advice be? Like put yourself in situations with people that are like. That respect listening. you.
1: <laughs> that's huge advice though. I mean, it takes a long time, I think, to learn the ways in which you have to grow versus the 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 values or you know boundaries that you have to hold to be respected that's something that I'm still learning
0: yeah also just like figuring out when you need to remove yourself whether exactly like standing up from the table or if that's like this job doesn't respect me no one is listening to me yes I don't want to be here anymore like they are not respecting my time or my opinions or my skills my things that I'm adding to the job so like it's no longer for me so maybe yeah maybe this is like a, a a more underlying thing where it's not like just why are people not listening to me but like why am i in situations where
1: i'm not being heard i'm yeah yeah that's a good point yeah yeah i find myself asking that question um you know, in a few of the relationships in my life, a few friendships in my life. I, um, I had to leave a job, um, a few years ago where I had the conversation with my boss a few times about, um, boundaries on time because of my music career. Um, and eventually I had to, I had to quit, you know, I had like two or three meetings with him where I said, you know, uh, I, this is not sustainable for me. Here are the ways in which I would need this to change. And he was like, well, yeah, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's, let's hold off on this. Maybe let's pivot this. And I was like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's not going to do it. Hearing
0: me. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then I had to do
1: that. And Mm -hmm. then guess what happened? So when I quit, he came around and he was like, okay, fine. You can be part-time. I was like, okay, I had to, I had to stand up from the table and leave in order for to get what I wanted in that situation, which is not always the right call, but in that well, situation,
0: whether it's leaving or just like standing up for yourself and like yeah. holding that. Yep. Yeah. So are, is that the job you have now or is that different?
1: No, I have a new stupid job now. Okay. <laughs> I basically, I have, I have a really strange um, career with songwriting. Like, and my day job i i basically have these corporate gigs that are like very standard regular full-time corporate jobs that then i will leave for a period of time and that will be my big music push time and then when i run out of money i'll just get another big corporate job um interesting and that's what I do. It's a really strange cycle and I'm not sure it's sustainable. I think I'm going to burn out pretty soon because on this latest thing, because I am going on tour in January and I'm taking, you know, time off from work <clears throat> to go on tour. But like then I that, you know, imagine like, you know, working full time, touring on weekends and then doing, you know, a a two week run from New York all the way up to Portland. And then flying back and going back to the office the next day like eventually Wait. the candle burns out
0: are you are you quitting your job for like two, like to have two weeks off
1: no no this situation I got the time off but I'm not always going to be able to do that so at some point you know they say no and then I'm like okay well Standing either I can go part-time <laughs> exactly either I can go part-time or I can say sayonara and yeah it's a weird it's it's a weird life i'm a very i'm a gemini i'm like <laughs> i have these two characters i have my music character and then i have my corporate hallie thing that i like put on my blazer and i'm like no you can't have this renewal contract less than two million dollars it's very odd
0: <clears throat> whoa
1: it's weird yeah
0: yeah i can see how that would be like probably kind of exciting to be like wow I contain so many multitudes and also like maybe a little disjointed
1: exactly yeah yeah it's both yeah I'm it's um it's exciting in when I'm really locked into doing both like when I've got a lot of music stuff going on and i'm traveling for work and i'm you know feeling like i'm rocking it but to be honest with you it's i don't know i i just don't know i don't know what the right balance is for the day job songwriter life it's it's really the the struggle of my the last decade for me is trying to find the balance especially when you're like
0: living in like a new york or la right Because it's been, I mean, not to plug the Midwest too much, but it's been pretty nice being in Goshen because I'm like teaching. That's mostly how I'm making money. And then, but also I don't have that many students and it's like, okay. Mm. And then I'm just having time. But also I'm in a very specific situation where my parents are my landlords. So I'm getting a very good deal. Like Mm. it's all a better deal than it would be if I were just like, moving to a random place right but but even so it's definitely not as like tight as it would be if I were in any kind of city and especially not a coastal city
1: (laughs) yeah it's hard I think I yeah I, I reserve the right to change my mind and hopefully at some point I'll learn how to take better care of my my body and my mind because I basically go through these intense intensely productive periods and then I burn out really hard and that's usually coincided with getting sick in some way like getting mono or getting an ulcer or like you know just sicknesses that probably are indicative of the way that I'm treating my body and the way that I grind in my daily life and then I go through periods of like no productivity and then I start the whole engine over again um and hopefully at some point I will learn how to have better balance with that but that I is mean, the I struggle think,
0: like having like cyclical seasons is normal yeah but probably you could chill out the seat like the peaks yeah. and valleys could exactly get a little closer
1: yep yeah and I think that would be i i you know imposter syndrome and not feeling like a real artist because of all of this is another part of it like um just uh because of the day job or the ways in which i provide for my music career um sometimes i feel like a sellout or i feel like um or at least, you know, that's the that's the dark side of the coin is the sellout side. The lighter side of the coin is that I want to be a better musician and I want to practice my guitar more and I want to practice keys more and I want to write more and I just want to be better. I want to be on par with the amazing other songwriters like you in my community who are like insanely talented musicians and songwriters and because of the ways in which I've crafted my schedule, there's not a lot of extra hours Mm. to dedicate to honing my craft. Um, And that gets me down sometimes.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And, but then, you know, like you said about the New York thing, like I want to, pay my band. Like, I want to work with a producer that, you know, he's like more pricey than I'm used to, right? Like I want to keep pushing the envelope with my own music. And so it's funny, it's like a double-edged sword because you need more resources in some ways, not all the ways, a lot of people can get away with doing really amazing DIY stuff. But at least in my experience, you need more money, more resources to pay better people to be in your band, to play bigger venues to have bigger albums that go farther, um, need more resources. But then on the other side of that coin, in order to get that money, get that coin, ha-ha, <laughs> in order to get those resources, you have to have the money. And so I work more hours and then I have the money to pay the band, but then I don't have the time to get better. So, right.
0: I mean, it's, it's like you have time or you have money. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, yeah, yeah. how to, like, find the balance that works for you where you're, like, you have enough money and enough time yeah, to do the things exactly. that you want.
1: Exactly. Yep. That's the question. That's the conundrum. And also,
0: like, what, like, trying to discern, like, okay, well, what are actually the, like, tangible things that I should be paying for that will, like, I don't know, grow my career or whatever. Yeah. Um, and what are things that like people are telling me I should do, but I shouldn't actually do, or like mm. this is unnecessary, or like it would be totally fine to just not spend that money on that thing. Totally, or the publicity campaign, like whatever, you know. Yep. Um, it's all very interesting.
1: <laughs> it is interesting, yeah. And I, I also the another part of this which. I think does kind of relate a little bit to the question. It's a little bit of a stretch, but about <laughs> kind of like um perception of you too and how uh cuz I'm the first person in my family that's ever pursued a musical or or artistic career at all. And everybody in my family, it's it's um my grandparents, everybody was like just such entrepreneurs, kind of self-starters. And it was all about making sure that the next generation was more wealthy than the previous one. Hmm. And so it's a really, um, it's a new thing for me to step into a music career, which essentially means stepping into poverty in some ways, right? Like choosing a music career, not always, hopefully not, (laughs) but in a lot of cases, you know, it's it's hard to make money doing this,
0: or not in um, poverty, but just not building wealth in a really intentional way for most yeah, people. Yeah,
1: that's a better reframe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyway, it's it's hard for me to. I I have a lot of fear around being perceived as successful or not successful. So if I think about like, okay, what if I, what if I yeah move somewhere where I could like live more cheaply and have more time I have a fear of like what would I even do with that time like would I you know just waste away writing poetry and like painting like some renaissance woman like I don't deserve that and then you get into like the depression mindset of all my grandparents and all that like (laughs) yeah the grind culture and the the uh capitalist work culture is pretty deeply instilled something I'm working on in therapy.
0: Yeah. Well, cause it also sounds like it's not good for you and your body knows it like that, that yeah. isn't working for you. Correct. Too. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good question. Like, what would you even do at that time? And it doesn't necessarily have to like, I, I can tell you on the other side of things, not to be like, I don't know, promoting my agenda too hard of people moving to promote Goshen, away, Indiana, but like, yep. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do lay on the couch for a full day. Yeah. And I don't really have very much to do. And I feel yep. like sad and lonely. And that's fine. And then some days I like write a song or I like make a bunch of content for the internet or I pet my cat. Well, no, I pet my cat every day. But (laughs) that's good. um, But just to say like, yeah, sometimes I am productive. Probably like usually like one or two days a week. I'm very productive. Yeah. And then the other days I'm not that productive and I feel sometimes good about it. And sometimes like I feel like the day after a productive day, I'm like, this is great. I'm chilling today. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know the next day or two then I start to be into like okay I think it's about time for another productive day because this doesn't feel sustainable (laughs) yeah I'm like does do any of us feel like
1: we've figured out this balance the only person I can think of is Brandi Carlisle Brandi Carlisle has my ideal life
0: does she I'm sure her life sucks like (laughs) I don't know I feel like I can't imagine anyone who's like actually famous having a good life
1: god but like look at her cool compound in Washington that she lives on with like all her best friends and she seems like so in love with her wife and her kids and like she has that beautiful song Evangeline that's like about her cute daughter I don't know seems like so good i didn't
0: know about the commune i do oh yeah go look up the commune on a commune that's probably the best balance yeah
1: no she's yeah i i the commune (laughs) is the commune is clutch look up the commune
0: and also she's probably at such a point in her career that like she actually has power over her decisions exactly well and i saw her play
1: um red rocks this summer um and she it was so sweet the way she structured her show. I mean, she really is. She's taken her fame now and she is just using it. Hey, full circle. Back to the question. She is using her platform to lift up the voices of others. I mean, it was like 30 minutes of Brandi Carlile, 20 minutes of this like up and coming Nashville artist, 10 minutes of Gregory Allen Isaacoff, 20 minutes of like her cousin's. Then she brought, then she came back. Then she brought the band back. I mean, it was like a variety show. It was amazing.
0: I guess then the latter writer just needs to befriend Brandy Carlisle.
1: Perfect. Yep. You can befriend me or Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> Take your pick. And I know what you would choose.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like that's a really excellent time to point, to stop the podcast. I think that that, <laughs> like, mic drop. <laughs> totally yeah mic drop good luck (laughs) um well hallie thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: thank you sadie it was such a great conversation and i hope that um some of my ideas for the letter writer are are useful and i hope that you find someone that you can trust that will help you be heard in these settings because you're not in a black hole You're not alone. There are people that love you that want to hear what you have to say. So I hope you get heard.
0: Yeah, I agree. So for people that want to hear more of your music, what's the best way to find you? You know, I'm all
1: over the world wide web. It's pretty easy to find me. Um, I guess it's Bandcamp Friday so and because of all the I don't know if the listeners cuz you have a lot of musicians probably that listen to this um who know Bandcamp Friday might be going away because they were bought by Epic Games yeah. um yeah which is sad and scary news. We don't know what's going to happen there but regardless if you are a real music supporter then Bandcamp is a great place to support your artists because on Fridays First Historically. Friday of
0: every month, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Okay. You get a hundred percent of the, the revenue cut of all the merchy merch and digital sales. Um the second way is if you're in New York City, please come to a show. Um live shows and merch are my favorite way to support artists. Um, but if you don't usually do those things, given a follow on ye old Spotify or iTunes, wherever you, iTunes, oh my God, I'm so old. Apple Music, wherever <laughs> you listen to music, that would be amazing.
0: And do you have a website?
1: I have a website. I have an Instagram. What's I have a TikTok. Website? Uh, my website is my full name, Spore It's got everything on it.
0: Thank you for listening to the interview with Hallie Spore. I want to add a new segment to the podcast where songwriters who either didn't send in songs or I didn't choose their songs for a given episode can still give advice. So I did receive this bit of advice for the letter writer from um, songwriter Rachel Kilgore, and this is it. Never develop social skills. Just start writing songs with all your true thoughts and force people to sit silently listening to them. Then go home, still on the outside, but respected. So there you have it, letter writer. That is another option for you. Thank you, Rachel. All right, well, if you enjoyed any episodes this season, I would encourage you to check out Dear Balladeer on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Rate and subscribe. If there's been something that's been helpful for you or if you've been chatting with a friend and they bring something up that you're like, oh my God, a podcast I listened to talked about that. Feel free to share the episode with them. That would be really appreciated because word of mouth is really our marketing strategy at this point. And this is also a reminder that if you have a question for the podcast, either your own or your friends or your family, I don't really care who, if the question is your own. Um, but we could use some more quandaries. So if you're going through something and you would like to hear a song that might have to do with that situation, or at least give you a little bit of comfort knowing that some other people are thinking about you, um, please write that in. Our Instagram page has a form for you to fill out and we look at all the questions, so thanks. Um, Another update to give you is that I am going to be switching the Patreon page to just be my personal musical Patreon page. So nothing will change except for Patreon members will no longer be getting extended versions of each episode. So the songwriter sessions is over. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate everybody on Patreon who has been helping things out and I will be coming up with some cool, new, exciting ideas um, for things that I wanna share with them. If you are a Patreon subscriber who is gutted, about this change and you have other ideas that you would like me to consider, please write to me. I am very open to um, advice. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, thank you all so much and I will see you in 2024.